comic book pit. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comics carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, hello and welcome to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 372. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. Kate. Hi. And Link. Hey. And we've been trying to figure out what to talk about for the past 45 minutes. <laughs> slow week, at least yeah. in the comic book world. Yeah, slow slow news yeah. week. I think I, it's kind of like what I said on, I, I think the last episode I said it's a choice between no news and crappy news. Yeah. So let's go with no news. <laughs> well, it's good news. I mean, we have a, a president elect that. Yeah, it's is all right. Yeah. I mean, the, there's definitely news happening, but you know, as, as with all things in 2020, it, every, you know, every bit of sunshine comes with a cloud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. Actually, I'm actually still waiting for Galactus to show up next month. <laughs> oh, I welcome our Galactic Overlord Galactus. I do too. At this point. All hail. Yep. Sean's got his silver body spray ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my purple hat. <laughs> Sean Atkins, Herald of Galactus. I can see it now. <laughs> He would be completely silver, but he would still be wearing like like a silver knit cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess um, you know we sh- we should uh, give a a final R.I.P. officially to uh, Sir Sean Connery. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, that's media news that happened. We, and Alex Trebek. And Trebek, yeah, we lost Sean Connery and Alex Trebek within a week. That's pretty darn sad. I yeah. feel like there was a comic book pro that passed away too, but I can't remember who it was. Maybe I was thinking mm. of something else. Yeah, I, I don't recall any any comic book people passing away. Um, uh, you know what? Maybe it's just the anniversary of Stanley uh, passing away. That could be. That was. I think that was today, right? Yeah. So was that a year ago today? Two years. Two years. Okay. Time is relative now. Yeah, time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that has happened will happen again. <laughs> in my head, you know, and realistically, like Sean Connery, he was up there. He was in his nineties, I oh, think. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Old. and he probably wasn't well, but it was uh, still a still a bummer. I mean, he he was such a big part of of what I watched growing up. As the token woman, though, I have to bring up, I'd rather celebrate Alex Trebek because mm-hmm. Alex Trebek isn't on video talking about slapping women. So Agreed. That's a yeah, fair, point. Uh, fair point. Just to keep this space free of praising misogynistic men, I'm not happy he's dead, but I don't think we need to give him accolades. I think he has enough of those. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I never got into Jeopardy. I mean, I'm not saying like, uh, Jeopardy sucks. I, I just, you know, I, I, I think it was one of the things I, I wish I had watched it more than I did, but mm-hmm. I never watched. It was on, like, was it late afternoon? It wasn't like an, or was it an evening? Oh, it was evening. It was like seven, maybe. Seven thirty. Okay. No, yeah, it was seven because Wheel was after. <laughs> I was gonna say Wheel was on after, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I used to have I, when I was uh, a little kid, uh, my babysitter always had it on like they would have it on that channel and 
like the news would come on and then Jeopardy and then Wheel of Fortune. So uh, I didn't really watch it like independently. I know. um, Actually, that's not true. Apparently, there are Jeopardy collections on Netflix you can watch. Really? And yeah, like like a like a best of. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if they called it best of, but they it's definitely like just random ass shows. So yeah, they probably start buying up rights to like any game shows. Cause like, I know that when they brought back supermarket sweep, they put the old yeah. one on there and hmm. Oh, for real. Yeah. I don't know if it's Hulu or Netflix that has it on, but one of them has the old supermarket sweep. Oh, okay. Like everybody just started talking about it like a few months ago. I was like, what? I do. It came back and <laughs> I kind of felt this? like it was, I kind of felt like it was just the wrong timing because it's like, wow. Really? With so much like, you know, hunger and all this other down stuff, you're just going to say like, okay, you got 60 seconds, fill up your cart or else you don't get any of the food. (laughs) 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 It's a a weird time in general for game shows. That's for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, if, Uh if, if you go by, by that rationale, then we shouldn't be doing, you know, having any kind of entertainment or celebrating anything because, well, I'm saying like in that particular case, everything sucks. Well, it's even like with, um, I think it's like the radio. Sometimes uh, Steph, my wife, will leave the radio on and it'll be like, not B94. Uh, I forget, whatever, Mikey and Big Bob. And it'll be at this commercial I've been hearing every now and then. And it's like a contest to pay your bills. And I was like, wow, we're really at that point now where now yeah. you have to win a contest to pay your bills. <sighs> Well, I don't know. I mean, it, Jeopardy. I mean, what do you, you know, what what do people do when they when they win game shows? With, you know, win hundreds of thousands of dollars, they probably pay their bills. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, what else are you going to do with the money unless you're already independently wealthy and you're like, oh, I'll just, oh, I need to stoke my fire. Hand me a stack of hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I guess it's like, I don't know. I see what, what you're I, saying, Sean. There are a lot of hungry people right now, and. That game show is literally people running through a grocery store trying to get items. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Although I don't know, it could be quite poignant because that's kind of what a trip to Giant Eagle feels like right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so. Kind of, <laughs> my Aldi, like, not to sound like an old person, but my Aldi just like switched up the whole layout on me. I, I showed up after maybe like a month, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh crap, everything's new." Oh. That's why curbside, baby, curbside is the way to go. So this this is reminding me. Um, I did watch the COVID nineteen episode of Superstore. Not that it's just a singular episode. Oh, okay. Like the episode that kind of focused on the pandemic. Um, it was actually funny, and I didn't feel like it was like, you know, it it was respectful enough, but also like had a lot of like what you would think the jokes would be. there were definitely jokes about people who didn't wear masks and acted like they were immune to the virus. Um, there was uh, definitely a, a number of toilet paper shortage gags throughout <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was it was it was funny. It was there was there was also a few moments like early on when like the pandemic was hitting and they're like, oh, everything will be fine in like three weeks, and then it's like. <laughs> Text is like three months later and you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so like it was, it was, it was just good. It was a good episode. And I, and I think it, it, it did some, I didn't expect that they'd be able to pull something like that off with during airing a show like that while the pandemic's still technically going on. Right. Okay. Let me, let me ask you something real quick about that show. Sure. Do you normally, do you watch it regularly or was that, did you just happen to watch that one? Because it no, was, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I watch it regularly. Okay. Cause I was looking for something to watch. That's one of those that. shows that it always sneaks up on me. Like it's been on for a long time and I've never watched it. And I kind of want to, because it's been on for a long time and I'm like, it, yeah, I, it I, probably I, wouldn't if it sucked. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what, like why I ended up biting the bullet. Cause I think I had just finished watching Brooklyn nine, nine. And I was like, okay, well what else will what, what we got? And it's like, Oh, here's another NBC, you know, situational comedy type show. Was it, did it start as like a summer, like a mid season, like a summer replacement or a mid season? Um, Cause I feel like it was never sure on. I think 
Okay. I feel like it, I just feel like it was never on prime time, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like during. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Cause I feel like I remember everybody talking about it, but it was like, nobody ever like talk, talked about it. It was just like a show that was on that I heard was like decent. Yeah. And what's her name is in it. America Ferreira. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. I, I only remember, remember her from ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. Which, Same, but she's so good at situational mm-hmm. comedy. So. Oh yeah. I love her in ugly Betty. That I've been interested in. Yeah. And then I, th- I forget the, the guy's name, but like, I think kind of the main guy in in the show. Um, yeah, not not Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo's in it. Scott. No, he looks like Scott Bayo. Oh, okay. Oh, I was gonna say you scared like, me for what? a second. No, they make a lot of jokes about how he looks. Uh, like Scott you're Bayo. right. He does. Yeah, <laughs> I he's a he's an actor that I've seen. He's one of those character actors. I know I've seen him in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I know he was in like the last, or maybe like he was in like two seasons of Mad Men. Um, yes. He was uh, a, yeah. he was like a commercial artist. Mm-hmm. Um, Ginsburg. He was Ginsburg. Yeah. yeah. On Mad Men. And I, and I, I loved him on Mad Men. So I kind of would be interested to see what he was like in a, in a sitcom. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, I can, I definitely recommend it. I would, I would say it's um in the, I would say. Uh, all right. So if I had to organize like currently airing or recently aired, um, NBC shows, it would, he, it would probably be third place to, um, the good place in Brooklyn nine, nine. Oh, but okay. it's like, it, it's not a bad thing. Like it, it had tough, it has tough competition. Like it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it by any means is a bad show. Okay. It's totally worth checking out. Um, okay. And it, it grew on me pretty fast. I, it, there, it definitely, ha- like, I was like, Oh, is this going to be like, you know, my type of humor. And it's, it's still in that, that same wheelhouse, like it's all kind of like the same kind of vibe that you would get from like the good place or the office or like any of those kind of shows where it's, mm-hmm. it's got, it's got heart in it sometimes. And then other times, you know, it's just like uh, poignant episodes and then just funny stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're, we're coming to the end We're we're currently watching scrubs. Okay. And, and we're, we're coming to the, we're in the second to last season of Scrubs, which this is probably the third or fourth time we watched Scrubs. Okay. Uh, in the last, like, since my wife and I have been together. So, like, the past six years, we probably watched it, yeah, like three or four times. Mm-hmm. But we'll be looking for something new to watch. So, I'll probably, maybe I'll recommend tr- checking out Superstore. Yeah, no, uh, they do, they have a fun gag in Superstore where in between, like, Maybe like in between commercial breaks, I can't really tell because it's streaming. But when it will come back, it'll be like this like five second like gag, like just a random thing that like a, a customer is doing that you're mm. like, I've seen that weird shit before. <laughs> like the person like looking at all the different milks or like things like that. Yeah. And you're like, yep. <laughs> I was gonna say probably if you've worked any kind of retail or customer service, this yeah, the show probably hits home. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I have to check that out. That's our media discussion. (laughs) 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 I think that was one of the reasons why I haven't gotten into the office because I never worked in an office before. So I figured I wouldn't get all the, you know, office jokes, but, um, superstore sounds pretty fun. I mean, I can probably get into the office now because I've actually, I worked at an office for about five years. Yeah. I'd probably get the humor now. I mean, yeah. some of it looked pretty funny, but yeah, I yeah think- it's like, yeah, it's, there's probably in stuff like Dan, Dan, well, I'll let Dan say it. <laughs> What's that? I don't, I don't want to speak for you. I was like, like Dan's probably going to say, um, you can probably pick it up even if you don't work in it. Oh, I was gonna say, well, you know, in, in any kind of workplace comedy or any kind of workplace, whatever, like show or movie, I, I think they base characters on, stereotypes so i think no matter what you're gonna you're probably gonna watch an episode and be like oh i've worked with that guy he's the he's he's the guy that takes the last of the coffee and doesn't make more or he's the guy that you know takes the last donut or he's the guy that sniffs everybody's lunch you know or (laughs) stuff like that like you're you're probably gonna see stereotypes that you've worked with not not only in an office but probably any 
situation, you know. Mm-hmm. I got you. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get into comics, let's let's take a quick break. We'll uh, talk about our, our one of the sponsors for this episode, Thriftburg, and you can find them at thriftburg.com. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. Okay, and we're back to talk about some comics. And again, thanks to Thriftburg for sponsoring this episode. I'll go first, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, fearless leader. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to talk about Batman 102 because I know I talked about, I think it was, I was with you guys last time when I talked about Batman 101 and how excited I was because they're doing this whole paradigm shift for Batman. He's going in a different direction. He's, he's, uh, kind of giving up all the gadgets and the gizmos and all the technologies getting back to basics. I don't think that has changed, but so, so in issue one Oh one, it was like, Oh, Batman's going in a new direction. Issue one Oh two. They basically recycle some character and from Bruce's past and it's not really interesting. And it's like, we're supposed to care now that there's this new villain named ghost maker, which is the worst name ever. <laughs> it's because he kills people. I don't know. They don't, they don't <laughs> really stay. Does he, does he cover people in like flower? He just, he just sneaks up behind people and goes, boo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's just a weird version of like hush and say, yeah. Azrael. And it, and it has, you know, it's, it's a character from Bruce's past, but now he's here in Gotham. You know, I would have liked to have seen a story arc that focused on Bruce slash Batman working out the potential difficulties of operating as Batman without all the yeah. insane technology. I wasn't really interested in them giving us a brand new villain already. You know, they, they, they could have given us a a nice couple of story or like a nice story arc of him. Like I said, just kind of learning how to be Batman again, essentially without all the tech and all the gadgets. And then I was going to say, they can't just like throw in a crime boss or something like, yeah, like, like let Batman be street level again. Like let him be a detective. He's supposed to be a detective. He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective for crying Mm -hmm. out loud. We never get to see that because he is still, he's burdened with all this technology. In fact, at one point in this issue, he's, he is connected to Oracle. And I, I guess at some point during the last story arc with the, the Joker war, mm-hmm. Barbara went back to being Oracle and she's not, she's not Batgirl anymore. She, she went back to being Oracle, but she's, but she's still trying to figure out which, which role she has more impact as like, yeah. would she be Batgirl or should she be Oracle? But in this issue, she's playing her role as Oracle and she's communicating with Batman. And she says something like, Oh, here's the information or here's the schematics of this building. I'll download it to your cow. <laughs> I'm like, that's not low tech, <laughs> right? That's maybe he's basically Iron Man with a Cape at this point. Yeah. Maybe. We've all been fooled that he's the world's greatest detective. It's always been maybe he's himself. the one that started that. <laughs> he's the one like, yes, I'm the world's greatest detective. And they're like, are you? And he's like, of course I am. I'm he, Batman. He probably uh, when he shows up to like a crime scene. He's like, he pulls out a stack of business cards. He's like, nice to meet you. Batman, world's greatest detective. <laughs> there you he go. He starts handing out cards. He's like, uh-huh. like, wait, you're the world's greatest detective. Well, look at the card. 
He's the greatest at misinformation, isn't he? <laughs> there you go. Hands out business <laughs> cards saying world's greatest detective. Eventually, people will think, you know what? That guy is the world's greatest detective. Yeah, if you if you tell people stuff enough times, they'll they'll start to believe it. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was a little disappointed in that the issue immediately following last just kind of yeah, you were real pumped. I was I was super excited, and I'm like, oh, we're back to you. Just a deflated balloon. Uh, <laughs> sad. I'm I'm that I'm that that metallic balloon that won't die. It just like floats there sadly, <laughs> like half deflated. <laughs> You know, Crap. and it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just floating yep. there forever, like hoping something will either kill it or, you know, <laughs> I just went to a dark place. Thank you. It just slowly <laughs> goes to the ground. Yeah. Um, I will say the, it, the art was really good, but overall I was like, oh, this sucks. I, I have to agree with you too about going to the well for like, oh, it's somebody from his past that you've never heard of before surprise like yeah exactly it's like the worst anything for any like whether it's a friend or a villain or just like oh i made up some dude mm -hmm. he's very important and plot relevant and you're like no he's not nobody cares or right. or it's like in hush we're like well, I know Tommy Elliott's hush because here's this dude that just showed up out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this isn't much of a mystery. Yeah, what are the odds <laughs> that he's not going to be the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, and this and this character was yeah from Bruce's past when he was in Europe training to be Batman, okay. and, and apparently he he has a past with it. This person also seemed like a, he was a young man. And he was also training for what reason is, you know, we don't know. It's been, you know, yet to be revealed, but so they, they have some sort of the, some sort of uh, competitive streak between them, mm -hmm. but he's, he's in Gotham now to, to clean it up. Cause he doesn't feel that Batman is doing the job. Oh, all right then. Oh, maybe he's not. Well, that's that's he, something to think about. He probably isn't. I mean, he's been Batman for for <laughs> decades, and place still sucks. So, yeah, how good of a job is he doing? Exactly. So, um, who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. I'm usually pretty quick. So, um, as I weigh my options. <laughs> I will go with Night Air by Ben Sears. I just finished this uh, this week. And I believe it's about this kid in this weird land. To tell you the truth, it, it kind of feels when I was reading it. Did you guys ever read King City or anything by Brandon Graham? No. Okay. Did he do um, that Prophet reboot? He did do Profit Reboot. He wrote it. Okay. I, I didn't read it, but I, he wrote that. I did read some of that. Yeah, it was he he tends to do like really kind of cerebral, kind of way out there stories, typically science fiction. Yeah, and that's what kind of gave me that feel cuz it's like you don't know where it takes place, but it takes place in a weird place and it's like this kid type adventurer and a robot. And they go on this treasure hunt in a castle. And it, like some of it's really like dry humor. And it's actually pretty fun. Um, it's like this small trade paperback. Apparently it's like a whole bunch of them. Or at least there's like a couple of them, which I've never heard. But um, yeah, it was really fun to read. Uh, it was just kind of like real surreal and just like it didn't make sense, but also I didn't want it to make sense like halfway through. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like any particular one, like, uh, Oh, I know. Uh, it's definitely a spoiler, but, uh, it's what I've seen. So they finally figure out how to get to find this treasure. It's in a castle and I believe it's a haunted castle. And so the boy and the robot there, I can't remember their names. I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. Um, they're going around and they find like the library and they're like, Oh my, this is a library. And uh, 
they see the skeleton just like sitting there. Um, and he has a book in his hand and I mean, he's dead. So you just figure, you know, it's a skeleton in clothes. He's, he must be dead. And he takes the book and, uh, the kid takes the book and it's like, Oh, this is boring stuff. It's like war biology. And I'm like, or biography. And I'm like, and he's like, um, yeah, it's real boring. And then a skeleton, that skeleton comes up and like, say, Hey, can I have my book back, please? I was, uh, almost finishing that. And then you find out that the treasure uh, was just a big old rumor started by, like, the guy that owned the the castle because he wanted to one-up his brother. And I think it's, like, just, like, a competitive type of thing. Like, he'll have the spookiest castle at Halloween ever and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Hmm. So. It's giving me Adventure Time vibes. It definitely does. It definitely did. It's it's pretty fun. Like I said, it's called Night Air by Ben Sears. The one I'm holding, uh, it came out like in 2016. So I don't know where I got it. I think I might have got it at one of um, the CBP's um, comic swap. Oh, I don't I know. okay. I think I did. I'm not Are entirely all- sure. I mean, is it like Night Air colon like something? Because you said it was like part of a series or is it just? No, I read a little bit of the back and it seemed like there was more to it. Or but they might have like different names and not like a like a category title or something. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. It might just be a one off. I'm not entirely sure. Or, oh, you know what? I know why. Because the very end. Um, they blow up the castle and there's like this, uh, the, the owner of the castle says like, Oh, I'll have my revenge or this isn't over. Oh, so I got you. Yeah. I figured four years later, sure. There's probably like one lying around like a sequel or maybe not. Maybe this is the only one, but, um, it was fun. I definitely, if I find it in the wild again, maybe I'll pick it up and read the sequel. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty it, good. It's very dry. So, and some parts were kind of dry, like the humor of it. That's still always funny, though. Yeah. I, I feel as if you can nail the, the, the comedic beat, it doesn't matter if it's dry or not. And we should probably mention that the book itself is physically dry as opposed to wet. So, yeah, yeah don't read no. that book. Nobody, it, I did, wet I books did are dip really it in hard coffee. To, wet books are really hard to read. Says you, <laughs> air breather. Sean's like, I read it underwater. Challenge accepted. Yeah, that's how he reads Aquaman. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's you cut to Sean in his bathtub, just like <laughs> bloop, with bloop, a rubber bloop, ducky. Bloop. <laughs> he just he just takes a book and just sinks beneath the water and. <laughs> <laughs> and I pretend I'm in an ocean of fun. Okay, so who wants to go next? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can. So to go with my favorite theme of trade paperbacks based on video games, (laughs) I went ahead and read the next trade in the Life is Strange series. So this is the third trade, and it's called Strings. And I continue to be amazed at how much these graphic novels capture the feeling of the video game. So if there's anyone out there who is sleeping on Life is Strange, you know, all these years later, if you have extra time, definitely play it. It's chill in terms of gameplay. Mm -hmm. So it's not like fast paced or anything. And it does such a good job of developing characters that I feel like I can still feel them all these years later, especially in such well-written trades. I expected the trades to kind of get maybe the point where I was like with Buffy the last time I was on the show, thinking that they were trying too hard and they continue to capture the spirit of these characters. So yeah, I don't have much to say beyond that. It was really good. 
people should play the game and read all the trades. Do it. Yeah, and the and the trades act is a sequel to the like a direct plot yes, sequel. Yes, direct plot sequel. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've read the first two. I thought I read this one, and I was all set to talk about it, and then I looked at it, and I said, oh, shit, I didn't read that somehow. <laughs> so uh, I'll be looking forward to reading that, too. But, yeah, they've all been pretty pretty good. Um, I don't – who who publishes this? Like, Titan? Yeah, Titan Comics. I don't know who the, the creators are off the top of my head. Like, I've never seen them do anything else, but that might kind of – work for something like this since it's more of like an indie the whole, the whole vibe of the game and and everything is just like indie hipster yes, yes. so mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not you know it, it lends itself to have that kind of art style oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah I've, i think i've heard of the title before but i don't see i don't really play new games not like uh an elitist type of thing it's just <laughs> I, I don't play the like, Pac-Man. Cool game. I don't play the new games. <laughs> no, I just I the new stuff. I haven't gotten onto it, or I don't know. The last uh, like console I had was a PS2. Okay. So you know all these new games. They always look fun. I think I have heard of that title before, and I heard good stuff about it. I think it was like one of these uh, YouTube channels I was watching where they kind of like uh, analyze it, like mm-hmm. is video games, the new movies and like, can you tell oh, like, a really yeah. great story with a video game? And they were analyzing. I think one of them, the examples was life that, is strange. I think so, the other one was out. like last of us, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Life is strange is uh, a good example of um, yeah. Interactive um storytelling because it is like kate said super chill um that you're mostly just making decisions in a narrative it's it's kind of like an interactive choose your own adventure thing yeah so yeah it's it's a great example of of that kind of storytelling in video games so which is also why it's interesting to see that kind of stuff when they translate that stuff to comics because you're always just like well are they gonna since all the choices are different and up in the air in some of these games, it's like, well, how do you, you faithfully reflect, you know, that, that the player's headcanon in your literature without like contradicting a choice they might've made or something. But Correct. I feel as if no matter how you read a lot of these books, like it, it can work no matter what. And it's, yes. it's always surprising and, and cool when like a writer can pull that off where they like navigate the, the shaky waters of people's like personal, Head cannons for things. Mm-hmm. See, they can do like Clue, though. Yeah, they could the do movie it like Clue. where they have like the four <laughs> endings. Yes. <laughs> or, Honestly, yeah, yeah, like a, a choose your own adventure. You just flip to the yeah. page twenty-eight and be like, oh, okay, I guess no, they died. I, I would, I would, I would absolutely buy a book that was like each trade was like a different variation on like like a like a story ending or something. Where it was like, okay, well, here's like the four different ways that the story can go after like issue one or two or something. And it just branches out in like a whole bunch of what if scenarios. I don't know how the hell you would sell that, but I would read it. Yeah, it'd be kind of tough. I don't know. I don't know. Moneymakers, make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking it would be kind of neat to see. I don't know if. Uh, comics that ever did that, but like a a comic uh, version of Choose Your Own Adventure. They did. They did. They did it oh. twice. They did it with Unwritten. That was the that's, first time I ever saw it done. Yeah, that's okay. what it's called, Unwritten. Yeah, there was one of the issues for Unwritten where like the character oh, yeah. had a yeah. weird. It was a Vertigo book. Yeah, they had like a weird backstory that was like unclear and so you no matter which way you did the choose your own adventure like you'd be like that's the character's backstory um so that was kind of cool but i feel as if like harley quinn or somebody else did something like that it was yeah it was like one of the it was at the big two somebody did it i just can't remember what it was but the unwritten was the first one that came to mind okay i'll have to check that out all right so who's up Zach can jump in. Um, 
So I'm going to talk about Pulp by uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, and it was colored by blanking on his name, but Phillips Jr., um, Sean Phillips' kid, Jacob Phillips. That's his name. So, you, Dan, you said you read this too? I did. I, I read it maybe a month ago or so. Okay, yeah. Um, it's it's a short read-ish. Like, I want to say it's like 40, 50 pages. Mm-hmm. Like it, um. It's hard to describe a sh- uh, an Ed Brubaker book because it sounds like I'm describing any Ed Brubaker book. <laughs> but but the basic premise is um, it's a guy who – it takes place, I think, in the 1930s, but it also takes place in the Old West as a flashback um, to this guy's younger years where he was like an outlaw. Um, and he is currently writing um, pulp novels. Uh, and then – feels like I can't even say a lot about it without it getting too into the, the it's like I said, it's only a 50 page story, but uh, some things happen and uh, it, he, he is a down on his luck pulp writer and uh, he's up in his years. He's, you know, I want to say probably in his seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and he intervenes with some uh, guys uh, hassling uh, this young Jewish guy and uh, he ends up having a heart attack, and he, he, the book is basically him coming to terms with uh, his old age, and uh, in the middle of that, um, and like the legacy he leaves behind, and like what he leaves for his his wife and and loved ones, and it kind of spins out from there into like uh, another uh, him him reverting back to his old outlaw ways, I guess is the best way to put it, without revealing too much of the plot. Yeah, there was there was an interesting the, the 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 story took a left turn at one point because yeah the and it's funny to think about the the characters in terms of uh, this was taking place what like in what do we say like the 1930s yeah and but just 50 years prior to that he was a young <laughs> yeah. man he in the old like he was a cowboy like a yeah like a yeah like a legit it's really interesting horse riding pistol wearing uh you know he was a you know wearing like a, a bandit type of type of character him and his brother were were legit cowboys and now he's mm-hmm. you know cut flash forward 50 years later it's like you know 1930s there's it's modern you know he's riding the subway yeah there's cars <laughs> like you know there's there's electricity there's typewriters there's there's telephones i mean so he 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 lived in two different you know like two different time periods like either one of those yeah. time periods would be like we would consider a period piece but he lived in both <laughs> yes yeah which was which was pretty interesting and then the where the story I, I where I think the story takes a left turn but not in a bad way is this character is approached by a Pinkerton detective to help him take down they um and, and and I won't go too much further because again that kind of goes into the meat of the plot but they're they're trying to weed out the subversive uh I think like Nazi yep. groups in New York City because there's also you know a, a war brewing and they're trying to the the, the Pinkertons are trying to uh you know, these trying to find these Nazi groups and, 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 you know, get them, you know, trying to run them out of town. And he wants this guy's help. And, you know, the, the, the reasons become clear as clearer as you read on, but it's, it's definitely, this is, I mean, uh, Brubaker and, and Phillips, I mean, together yes. they're, I, I mean, I don't think there's a, a period like a, a period piece that they haven't done, like a period of time that a story that they haven't told. I mean, it's it, but yeah, it, it's like everything they touches is just gold. Yeah. I was, they've even done um, with Fatale. They've even done some medieval stories and I'm like, damn. Yep. All right. Like they, yeah, they can do anything. It's it's they're, they're peanut butter and jelly. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think when they were doing criminal, I, that was like kind of that. I think that ran the gamut from like the seventies to the, 
to the present day. Mm-hmm. And then they did. Well, well, the fade out was one of my favorites. That was yeah, like, fade out's great. like old, like the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah. They're supposed to do another of those. I think, I think they were talking about, like, they were going to come back to the fade out at some point. Oh, really? Yeah. Into that era, at least maybe not those characters, but do another story set there is called like the fade out Two, or I'm sure I'll have a better name. <laughs> fade out Two, <laughs> still <great>. fading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah no this is a good read for it's uh 17 bucks it was like a nice little hardback book mm -hmm. yeah it it's funny the back of the book simply just says the genre is crime slash western which is that about sums it up right but but the way they they merge the two uh, just completely different eras is with this one character is just it, it, it's so simple but yet it's i don't think it, it just anybody could do it like it, it would have no, to be yeah. brew baker and phillips yeah and the um jacob phillips coloring on the old west parts was also cool because it was nice. more like splattery mm -hmm. and not like you know uh, as tight and filled in and you know coloring inside all the lines it was just like more, it was like setting a mood for the West, and I think a lot of like oranges and reds and stuff. Um, I think his son is the same person who is doing the art on that book that I talked about a while ago. Oh, yeah, that Texas Blood. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's doing the art on that book, like all all by himself, and that's really good. And could you imagine if you were like Sean Phillips' kid and you're growing up, you know, grow up with oh, it's Ed Brubaker. Yeah, he's practically my uncle. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> you know, they're probably like, you know, ahead, yeah. like family. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It feels if there's not, there's not many people that like get each other as much as like Sean Phillips and Brubaker probably do. Mm -hmm. Like they just, I'm sure their writing sessions are just like Brubaker's is like, here's a story. And Phillips is like, I know exactly what you have in mind. Yep. <laughs> and Brubaker's probably writing specifically for. Well, yeah. Well, at this point, I mean, they've, they've worked together so long on so many different things. They probably have like a, like a shorthand mm -hmm. and they, they can probably anticipate the others, you know, what, either what they're going to write or draw respectively, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, I'm going to, I guess I'll, the last thing I'm going to talk about is a new book from, from aftershock comics, which I don't, we don't really talk much about aftershock on the, on the show, but they, they have been good enough to provide us with, with review comics. So I thought I should review one or talk sure. about one. And this is red Atlantis number one. And <laughs> I don't know if probably no relation, but written by Stephanie Phillips, <laughs> since we're talking about, about a bunch of Phillipses. Uh, an art by Robert Carey. And this came out, I think just last week. And the, the, the timing of it is either really good or really awkward. <laughs> but so here's, so the, 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 the premise is there's a series of unexplained violent crimes on election day around the United States. <laughs> Now this came out the day after election day. If you're okay. Okay. Uh, so it, it leads the FBI to, to a covert group of Russian terrorists or to investigate this group of terrorists and a journalism student accidentally finds herself mixed up in the investigation, but it turns out that she is more involved than she thinks. So it's like a lot of espionage and, potentially treason and it almost feels like they're it's going to be like a new cold war mm -hmm. and it was like i said it was uh it was interesting i thought the art was really good if not awkward in a few places but like i said the this has been a year <laughs> yeah and no, and i mean and, and this happens 
literally like within the first few pages, but like the inciting incident, the, the violent attacks on the, on polling places across the country is, it's just a little too close to home right now. And like I said, I don't know if they had been planning to release this around election day all along. Um, if this was supposed to be, you know, an effective political allegory or just a badly timed one, but it, it, it was, it was almost hard to read just from that alone. Like maybe if this had come out six months ago or had come out yeah. six months from now, maybe I would feel differently about it. Maybe I'd feel better about it, but it just, I think you just got to read the room, man. Yeah. You just got to know what you're putting out and when it's coming out. And, and I don't care, you know, it could be the, the best book ever, best creative team you've ever seen. But like I said, I mean, it, it, we're, you know, this, we're all going through a lot of stuff right now. And <laughs> this book, like I'm reading this. I'm like this, all this could have happened. It's a bunch of people attacking each other at a, at polling mm-hmm. places. I'm like, you know, and, and, and granted there was more to it than just people like, you know, there was like a, some like at one point everybody's phone got pinged and then they just, everyone kind of went nuts. Almost like, um, like what happened in deceased or, or Stephen King's cell. Like there was a signal sent out through mobile devices that caused everyone to go nuts. Yeah. But, but anyways, you know, even though this is a, a, you know, this fantastic thing that happens, like, like I said, the the fact that there's all this explit like this, and, and it's not just like, you know, oh, I, I got punched in the face. Like people are brutally murdered. Yeah. In the first few Jeez. pages of this. Yikes. And uh, and like like the word bloodbath comes to mind. So it. Think it came out the day after the election. Yes. Yeah. It was. It came out on November fourth. I wonder if it was like poised to do that but if any actual stuff had gone down they would have pulled it uh it's yeah i get well well here's yeah. the thing they would have already been at the stores They're, yeah they would have the, the stores would have had they, to take yeah they, they always get them on tuesdays to, to put out for wednesday i mean yeah i guess i guess last minute they could have said like please don't put these on your shelves or or you know take them if down if you've already put them on your shelves but uh I think the bones are there. I think it's got good bones. I think like the, the structure is in place for it to be a good story. I just think they maybe should have thought harder about how they were going to start the story that, that, you know, maybe kicking it off on election day, you know, maybe it was like, Oh, we're being edgy because, or we're, we're being relevant. And it's like, yeah, you are, but, but you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I it, it it's not a bad book overall, but those first few pages might, you know, it, it, your your mileage may vary on it. So just be warned going in that, uh, yeah. But that's Fair. yeah. But that's all I had for that. Does anybody have anything? Anything else? Um, I guess I could say one more thing besides me just rambling like that. Um, <laughs> it's not really going to be a book review because it's been covered on this show a couple of times, but um, recently my mother-in-law hooked me up with like a, a very late birthday gift. Um, usually she always gives me like a comic book, like a, a trade paperback. And she's like, uh, she accidentally gave me uh, a double of a book I've already gotten, which was the fourth world. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, sorry, I already got it. You gave it to me last year. And she's like, well, I don't know what other books to give you. So I gave her like this laundry list of some books I've been eyeing up for years, but I just haven't gotten around to getting. And one of them was black science. And I, I really like Rick Remender writing and she gave me black science uh, like this. I think it was like that big trade that they came out with like the first 16 issues. Mm-hmm. And 
I've been like all Rick Remender books. I I really wanted to I I would read like the first issue and then life getting away and I'd drop it. And then I would try again a couple of times and then nothing happened. And then like it finally, you know, I got it this time and I think I read like the first issue and then I'm like, and I was gone. And I'd literally finished the 16th issue probably like earlier this week. And I was just like completely, I kept talking out loud as I was reading. I was like, Oh my God, what? Mm-hmm. So it was, it's a really great book and I'm so glad I'm, I'm starting to read that. So it's been a real fun book. It's kind of like everything that I've wanted out of the Fantastic Four when Dan Slott uh, mm-hmm. came on board a little bit. But I kind of see like they're two different animals still, but it was still kind of like, this is what I've been wanting for years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I can't wait awesome. to read the rest of the issues. So Nice. Did, did that get optioned for something like a, TV series, a movie, something. I, I wish. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I, mean, I, I feel like a lot of his stuff usually does. Yeah. I still would. I'm. I'd still hold out for Fear Agent. Oh my god, that would just be so great visually, because it's already established visuals that we've all seen and are used to. Like mm-hmm. any, you know, you just turn on Me TV late at night and you'll find like some fifties horror movie in space. And you're just like, boom, there it is. But actually with a budget, Oh my God, I would love the yeah. shit out of that show. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the ray guns and the, it, you, you think to yourself like, Oh yeah, these are so archaic compared. Cause we all got used to star Wars and yeah, don't get me wrong. Star Wars always holds like a special place in science fiction or science fantasy. But man, oh man, I would love to see like the stuff they they used to do like in the fifties and early sixties, even before you know yeah, Star Trek came along. That. They do it like they. I feel like they do it in TV shows every now and then, but like it's not like it's like for an episode or something. Yeah. Like, why did Why don't we just do this all the time? Like I exactly <laughs> like I would love to just to see like one movie or a TV show that just you just accept that that's the science that it looks like at that time. You just accept it, you know, instead of trying to make it all sleek and cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong. There's this place for that too, but I don't know. I just, I liked it. And uh fear agent itself, it, it even had like, it borrowed stuff from star Wars of being like this lived in universe. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the ships that are definitely like Wally wood design, but it's all battered up. There's paint on it. You know, sometimes it doesn't work or the mm-hmm. ray guns are kind of like dusty and not working right. And got to like tap it a couple times to make it work. And it's, you know, just fun stuff. And the aliens were just fun. So I would love to see that as a show. So as well as this uh, black science, I, I would really like that. It kind of reminds me of like, if fringe, was like like they just gave them all the money yeah they were just like you know what we don't like bones we're gonna give (laughs) you all the money from bones all that bones money exactly be like (laughs) f f seeley booth in his racist overtones (laughs) i'm sorry no (laughs) that's not right that's not real although i was trying to make my wife think that (laughs) <laughs> what you watch bones i don't mean to rant now but if like you watch bones there sometimes i'm like man i think booth is racist i bet underneath that shirt he probably has like a swastika <laughs> Jeez. like in american I mean, history x our opinion on bones is basically we watch sleepy hollow and then the crossover happened and then we jump ship so there's more to it than that, but basically, man, we want, yeah, but we watched that crossover and we were like, is this show supposed to be bad? Like, why does it have so mm. many seasons? <laughs> it was not, why? it was, it, we were like, this is, we can't, we're not like, um, uh, desensitized to how bad bones is. Right. But there was like, what, like, who knows? I don't even know what season of bones it was at that point. Seven. I don't know. It was terrible. Oh though. God. Yeah. Bones. You're not missing anything. Uh, that's what I've heard. Um, 
it's just kind of like, I don't know, maybe as, as much as I always like the good guy to win and bad guy to lose, it just seems very cookie cutter and very like the government can't do any wrong. And I just, I don't like Booth or, um, was it Professor Bones? I forget. Did you say Bones? <laughs> they call her Bones. I don't know. I, I maybe it's yeah. maybe it's Booth. I just don't like because he just he walks around. You hate David Boreanaz? <laughs> maybe I don't know. I didn't really I didn't really grow up on Buffy and I didn't watch it too much. I don't really care for the guy. I mean I don't know. Maybe he's like a super awesome person. Like outside of like TV shows, he. Seems like he'd be all right. I just hate his character on Bones. I hate Fair. hate his character. Like I just rock. Ah, he's just so badly written, and it's. I just wanted like I if they would have said like, oh yes, he's actually a closet racist. I'd be like, awesome. Great, at great least it would be. At least it would be an interesting show then. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'm not saying like we. Should. That's <laughs> just, our show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes the phone tape corner. <laughs> I can go on forever. Oh my god, it's okay. so bad. Oh, I'm, I'm about to flip this chain. I'm, 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 I'm officially instituting a six months, six month moratorium on bones talk. No more bones talk. You got, you got a six month, six month suspension. Oh. No bones. Why, you watch months. bones? No. Okay, go. Now he never will. Good. No, I, I I I don't like it either. But I feel like every episode you talk about your hatred of bones. <laughs> well, she started watching it again, and so it's like this is always in the background. And it's there, and I'm like, I think this is a cry for help. <sighs> I think Sean's marriage is in trouble. <laughs> nice. He's like, she's watching Bones again, and then she told me to take out the garbage, and then she told me to clean the dishes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so bad. Oh my god, it's just bad. Get it, I hey, guess the, get it all I, out of your I system guess, now because after fine. tonight you're not talking you're okay. not talking about bones for six months. Get it all out now. <laughs> all right. Be like he's shit talking bones. You know what? I will be glad to send her a link to this when this gets up. I'll be like, here you go, hon. Go. Fast forward to like hour already- ten. Or hour, hour, hour ten, yeah. That's what it feels like. <laughs> One hour and ten minutes. <laughs> it's just nine hours of Sean on bones. My wife's like, "Are you coming to bed?" I'm like, "I know it's one in the morning, but Sean's not done talking about bones." <laughs> it's just, you guess that you guess who did it? Like in ten minutes, like I literally yeah. can walk in, sit down for five minutes, see like one scene. I'm like, that guy did it. And then, like, walk out, and well, of course. You know, she it's... knows it because she's seen it. And I'm just like, ah, I just I hate the play. And it's just so, I don't want to Bo- say. Did Bones end? Did, is it, they ended it, right? Yeah. Like, the curse is gone? Okay. You know what? The curse is <laughs> You know what? I bet the National it. Nightmare is over. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. 12 seasons? I just Googled it. Yes, see? What? See? Wow. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know. Was it a CBS show? No, it was a Fox show. Oh. And so it was like. How did Fox not cancel Bones? I don't. It should, I don't know. But they <laughs> they canceled Fringe, and it made me mad. I was like, Yeah. They canceled like, every other sci-fi show just to keep Bones on the air. I bet you they did. They're like, Oh, I'm sorry, Fringe. You're just too good. But Bones, on your hand, oh yeah, we want to give you more money, Bones. Fringe, you're out of here. Screw you, uh, Dawson's Creek boy. Go drown yourself in a lake. <laughs> not, not a creek? <laughs> oh, yeah, a little creek. I don't know. I didn't watch and that either. That's Pacey, <laughs> by the way. Thank you very much. Joshua Jackson. Okay. Pacey, yeah. he's the best. He is the best. Okay. Endgame. And you know what, Sean? If you have Netflix, Dawson's Creek is on there, so you have no excuse now. Talk about talk about that is a beautiful that's a beautiful show to hate watch. It really <laughs> is because it's so much it's so bad. But but compared to like like to like the shows of today, it's actually pretty tame. But like there's just so much stuff in it that you're like, oh my god. 
Oh, I mean, but Sean, I know um, that the 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 names? the nineties uh, okay. Flash is in it. He plays Dawson's dad. I did know that John Wesley Ship. Because I think maybe I was flipping through channels as a young person, and I uh, I think I saw him on there, or maybe I looked up like his Wikipedia page, and I realized he was there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I might have to check that out. And, and uh, I mean, no, as well as the song always played at the grocery store, because I worked at Kroger for like two years. And like, it was just always on. Like, every other song was that. And that Mariah Carey song <laughs> okay. that people were calling about. Can I, can I tell you something? So the last time we watched it was, was probably about two years ago. And I think it was on Netflix. They actually replaced the theme song. Yeah, really. Because I don't think Netflix had the rights to to play it. They like that Netflix or a lot of streaming services do that where they because hmm. a lot of these shows when they first aired, like the contracts probably didn't have any language written into it. I mean, nobody could foresee streaming content. So, so the a lot of times if you know, there's a, there could be a song in the show that the, they just don't have the rights to play. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a completely different song at the beginning of Dawson's Creek. Gosh, you'd figure you locked that down. I did hear about stuff like that. Cause I, um, that happens. I had bought the, the season disc of Chappelle show like 10 years back, like both seasons and every other episode, they had a musical guest. So I always kind of figured like, Oh, well, that's just, you know, a random ass thing. But then I think I watched it on like Comedy Central and there was like a guest I didn't even know they had on. And I was like, what? Okay. So. Yeah. Licensing with music's weird. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you if you watch an old Beavis and Butthead. There, well, in Daria, that... I was about to bring oh, yeah. up Daria, like all of Daria, they had to change the music. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, wow. Uh, I used to love well, Daria. Be- Beavis and Butthead is the same. Well, when Beavis and Butthead is, is they just they just straight up remove the music video. I was gonna say oh, that, show, yeah, that, which is like half the show. That was probably my favorite part of of the show. Was them like yeah, like ripping on the videos. Mm-hmm. Huh. Now, why even watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So. But. Okay. Well, so Sean, your your homework for next time <laughs> is to watch the first episode of Dawson's Creek. Ow. <laughs> No, <laughs> I watch Varsity Blues oh, in the that theater. That doesn't count. That was a f- it was in the theater. So how does that matter? Yeah, I don't. I don't get the correlation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you could say that, but but that's totally different. It is. Yeah, it's not Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek was a is a is a cultural milestone. Ow. <laughs> Sean, also, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to force you to watch Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I know. But but, but seriously, I'm coming over tonight. We're going to watch Dawson's Creek. Nice. And you're off the show if you That's don't. That's right. Your entire future hinges on the, on the Dawson's Creek pilot. That's God. what you get for talking about bones. Yeah. punishment. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> it just makes me want to verb. <laughs> all right. You got it all out of your system? No, but I got it good now. <laughs> You're like, no, but I'm calm. I can go. I've literally, I can probably go hours. I've yeah, that's the, ne- that's the next Patreon stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally, and Steph's always like, oh, well, you always got to talk about it right when I'm actually watching the show. And I'm like, I don't know. Hey, it's just fucking bad. Can we, can, yeah, that, that's actually, that's a good Anyways. point. I, I, I like Link, Link's idea. We're going to make a stretch goal that if we, <laughs> if we raise X number of dollars, Sean has to start watching Bones from the beginning. <laughs> oh, can we just start a new podcast called Hate Bones or something? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll call it Break Them Bones. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and every, every episode you can, you can, you can uh, hate on a on the on an episode. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. I don't want to watch any of those episodes. Breaking Bones, with Sean Atkins. <laughs> uh, I'd rather watch Breaking Bad. I think I. Well, that's because that's a good show. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Watch. I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want to watch Breaking Bad? I would, I would rather eat peanut butter instead of a spoonful of rusty nails. Yeah. Again, <laughs> Sean, your, your, your comparisons don't match up. You're like, okay, Varsity Blues does match up. But there was Dawson in there. And Dawson. It's a two hour movie compared to a five season long t- TV show. I figured that was. That just changed the landscape of the American teenager. I thought it was Buffy. And then. And then, like, I'd rather watch Breaking Bad than Bones. <laughs> well, well, duh. Who wouldn't? That's like saying, I'd rather breathe than suffocate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boy. Okay. Well, this has been quite an episode. We <laughs> got a good extra 15 minutes of content out of yeah, that. Yeah. All thanks to Sean. <laughs> All because of Rick Remender, his <laughs> awesome book. Yep. So that's Black Sun. And that's and, a lot like Yeah, Comic-Con. exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> I don't know how, how we wrap up from there. I don't think we can. I think we just have to say that <laughs> this has been episode 372 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. Uh, check our show notes for all the different ways that you can support the show. We would really appreciate that. And look for the new stretch goals on Patreon coming soon <laughs> for for us to torture Sean with. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean Bones Atkins. See ya. <laughs> we got Kate. Bye. And Link. <laughs> See everybody. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.